Hello music lovers, I'm Sonia, an undeclared tax dependent from our hero's murky past. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you from a Central American embassy in downtown London. It's all a bit hush-hush. Take it away, Mr Showbiz! Hi, I'm Sid Griffin, you're riffing with Griffin. Or as I used to say on my Country 1035 show, Hi, hello, and how are you? Okay, it wasn't the greatest catchphrase on earth, but it did for a while. Anyway, we're here again. I'm sorry these podcasts aren't more regular. We wanted to have them every month or every six weeks. It looks like we're having them every other month. What can I say? My highly paid, highly trained staff are hard to organize and hard to schedule with the demanding schedules that they have. They're busy pretty much 24-7, but here we are nonetheless. We'll kick it off with the last song I think we're going to hear from uh, the Find the One album by the Cole Porters, because we've played it, played a song from that record on every single show, and it's getting a bit old. I mean, you know, you love it. You probably already have a copy. Uh, if you don't have a copy, what, one song's going to sell it for you? But anyway, this is called Ask Me Again by the Cole Porters, and then we're going to have a brief musical, not brief, but about a six or seven song musical exploration of Sid Griffin's groovy past, musical past, cultural past, and it'll end with a, a couple of new things. But it'll tell you where I'm coming from, man. So here are the mighty Cole Porters saying this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> Ask me once, ask me twice, ask me over, ask me nice, ask me softly, ask me slow, ask me later, why I don't know. tavern in a bar it don't matter where we are in a motel on the bed in my own mind in my head I get the feeling you're Ask me once, ask me twice. Ask me over, ask me nice Ask me softly, ask me slow Ask me later, why I don't know Sounds a bit like a loving spoonful. Carly Fry humming around there. 
doing some great fiddling too. And right when I said sounds like the love and spoonful, I realized that's me on the auto harp. I don't know if you can hear it in the mix. I'm listening on headphones right now. You hear it very, very much. And of course, the auto harp was the love and spoonful's signature sound, as much the twelve string was for the birds, as much the jug was. Tommy's Jug in the 13th Floor Elevators. I guess if you're a groovy American folk rock forward slash psychedelic band, you have to have a signature instrument to give you your signature sound. So that's Ask Me Again by the Cold Porters. Find the One was our uh, most recent release put out, God, was last October, I guess it was. Uh, Bob Harris did a session for us on BBC Two. Very grateful to him. We did a uh, morning edition for NPR in America. I don't know if my uh, European friends know what a big deal that is, but it is, it's a big deal in the States being on NPR. We got literally 15 minutes. Uh, so I think it's a literal 15 minutes of fame in a Warhol-esque fashion. Nonetheless, let me move right on. Who am I? What am I? And where am I? Well, I know I'm Sid Griffin. I know I'm sitting here uh, in this Central American uh, state embassy in downtown London. I don't want to tell you which nation state because I'm afraid my political enemies will hold it against me. Or hold it against them, rather. They already got something to hold against me. And it's cold and metallic. Nonetheless, uh, where I come from is a band called The Long Riders. This is a Long Riders song uh, from the Native Sons record, which came out in 1984. It was the number one alternative indie college radio record in the United States of America for a solid month. In Europe, it never got past number two, because number one was Meat is Murder by the Smiths. I've had a grudge against the Smiths ever since. But I've learned to forgive, if not forget. And Native Sons came out in a deluxe edition about a year and a half ago on Prima Records, P-R-I-M-A Records. We're very proud of it. The song you're going to hear the long writers do is called Sweet Metal Revenge. It's written by the great Mel Tillis. It was a hit for Waylon Jennings. And the version that we're doing is actually something I got off from the Flying Burrito Brothers. The Flying Burrito Brothers had a famous tape from the Fillmore West from, I think, February 1969. It's now on CD, but it came out uh, years and years and years ago as just a cassette, a hissy cassette that was passed around amongst all the groovy collectors. And I am nothing if not a groovy music collector, which isn't a lot to have in your CV. Try and get a job at a bank with Sid Griffin, blah, 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 groovy record collector. Hmm, not much of a resume. Nonetheless, I, I heard the tape of Graham and Chris Hillman and Sneaky Pete and all the guys doing these songs. And the one that stood out, the best song of the entire set, was this cover version of Sweet Metal Revenge, the Waylon Jennings hit, written, as I said, by Mel Tillis, who, yes, is the father of Pam Tillis, the current country star. Uh, Mel's in semi-retirement. And so we did a version of it based entirely upon the Flying Burrito Brothers live version, which no one knew of at the time other than groovy, hip, cassette-swapping guys like myself. So anyway, here's the the Long Riders uh, from 1984, when I was just... But a young, crazy kid full of dreams doing sweet mental revenge. This is for the late Waylon Jennings, wherever he is.
Listen to Greg Souter's drum. Bless his heart. Stephen McCarthy on the Clarence White style Telecaster. Tom Stevens on bass. And I could pick up the CD and look and see who played the pedal steel on that. I think it was Dave. I can't remember the guy's name. And I'm too lazy to go over there and look. And I think everyone should go out and buy a copy of Native Sons by the Longriders. It's a deluxe edition pack with a lot of unreleased stuff. Hard to find stuff on Prima Records. And that way, not only will my kid get to go to college in a few years, you'll get to find out the name of the guy that played pedal steel on that track. Okay, let's move it right along. This next song is called I Feel So Good, brackets, I Want a Boogie, in brackets, by Magic Sam. Magic Sam is a complete and total hero to a guy like Sid Griffin and to many others in the blues scene. I'll explain who he is in sort of brief bullet points. Magic Sam died at thirty, age 32, around, uh, I think it was November 1970. And he's a complete oh, Bobby Kennedy, Lochinvar, um Piero Ciampi, Nick Drake sort of blues guy. In that, he was a young, good-looking... He was like the Robert Cray of his day. A young, good-looking, uber-talented bluesman that was obviously going to break big. His his last few gigs had been at places like the Fillmore opening for the uh, for a lot of that those bands, and he was going to go on tour with the Grateful Dead. He had it all in place to be a uh, huge star, and he and he died. He had a, his heart failure, age thirty-two, as I said. And he sang like he had lung power to hold a note for like a year and a half. He could hold a note like nobody I've ever heard. He had a unique guitar style. I never figured out how to do it till recently. And if you Google Magic Sam guitar style or Magic Sam lesson, there's guys on the internet that can show you how he played. He played, he didn't use a pick, he used his fingers. And he used a very staccato driving style as unique a style of guitar playing, a more unique style of guitar playing than, say, Chuck Berry, who got his style from the great Carl Hogan, who played with people like Louis Jordan. A more unique guitar style than, say, Johnny Thunders, who invited a wonderful guitar style with his screamers, where he tried the reverb way up and he went for all those New York Dolls licks. I mean, Sam had a... Like McGuinn, the other guy I've tried to play guitar. There's only two guitar players I've tried to imitate, Roger McGuinn and Magic Sam. And they each had incredibly unique styles that they invented all by their lonesome. And now I should stop waffling on and let's just hear some. This is the late, great Magic Sam. A hero to Sid Griffin, a hero to Chris Morris of Billboard, well, ex-Billboard, great writer, now freelance. And a hero to the guys in Los Lobos and a hero to the Blasters and Dave Alvin. They've cut some of his tunes. And why not? Listen to this guy kick butt. I ain't no I was walking down the street. I saw a friend of mine. We stopped inside to get us some meat. Now, when we got to eat, that's like him. He said, Yeah, Sammy, what's happening? And I told him, Don't know about the boogie Like me and you We're gonna boogie We're gonna boogie Gotta bring the day Now you know Last night I was laying down I heard mom and papa talk 
I heard Papa tell Mama Then I heard Mama got him She told Papa I run a Mama told Papa About something she heard He said, look at him, Mama I don't believe a word We're gonna boogie I'm gonna boogie said you can go online and learn how to play guitar like that or learn how he did it whether or not you learn how to play guitar like that it's up to you I, was, I gave a guy a mandolin lesson today right here in this neighborhood and he, I, I told him I said I've had a lot of banjo players and the Cole Porters have told me that they all have given lessons and they all say none of their gang improve if they don't practice during the week some of them just take the lesson don't play till the next lesson well that's not going to get you anywhere but if you want to learn to play like magic sam you can google magic sam guitar lesson or whatever and it's on the internet guys patiently explaining to you how to do that staccato style and it really is something i mean he's just the absolute greatest that's from an album called think sid think west side soul that came out on the delmark label in 1967 and it's still in print maybe 1968 but it's still in print and he had another great album on Delmark called Black Magic. And anyway, just check out his discography. Magic Sam, enough said, brother. Um, 
A lot of the British bands, Caucasian, long-haired British guitar bands, could they play blues well? Well, they did introduce me a lot of that Yardbirds, Stones, uh, Downliner sect. That was the, the first time I'd heard a lot of straight blues. I obviously heard the covers by these guys. And we used to debate, my snotty record collector friends and myself, did any of those guys ever have a blue moment where they really captured the really deep pathos of the, of the authentic American blues is played by uh, African-Americans from the big cities uh, that had migrated to the big cities like Chicago from the South, blah, blah, blah. And I think there's been a number of cases. Peter Green and Fleetwood Mac doing Love That Burns. That's one that works for me. And here's here's one that's up-tempo that works for me. This is the great Savoy Brown. They're, actually, they're not a great band. They were periodically a great band. And they were great when they cut this one. This is called Made Up My Mind. I think I hear a little Magic Sam in the sound. I made up my mind I made up my mind I made up my mind That the other girl I want to be mine Oh, let's do my story Before you send me away Please don't give me, baby Until you've heard what I got to say Cause I made up my mind I made up my mind You gotta admit that's that thing swings, swings, swings. You gotta love that one. Louis Primo would have dug that one. Made up my mind by Savoy Brown. Now let's have a big uh, uh, turnabout face. 
everyone, the great cliche, the accepted knowledge is, is that uh, rock and roll came out of this cross-pollination of rhythm and blues and country and western as exemplified by the first two, three Presley singles on Sun Records. And I think that's acceptable to the man in the street. Once you really get into rock and roll, you realize it's it's a total uh, mongrel. It's got everything thrown into it, not just country and western rhythm and blues meaning at the crossroads, but everything thrown into it. And one of the great influences on my life was when I first heard Sweetheart of the Rodeo by the Birds, which introduced me to straight, or what I thought was straight country and western at the time. And from there, I've gone back in the alley and back in the alley and back in the alley further and further. And now I really like a lot of the the duets of the 1930s where they'd have like the Blue Sky Boys or the Delmore Brothers or Bill and Charlie Monroe, the Monroe Brothers. And I really like that sound. Now, 1930s duets are usually a guitar and a mandolin, but they could be a lot of things. Bringing that sound forward is the great David Grissom on his acoustic disc label out of California. And he cut a lot of things with his friend Jerry Garcia, and he cut a lot of things with uh, Tony Rice. But the ones I like the best are uh, the stuff he cut with the great Doc, late, late great Doc Watson. And there was one fantastic record I've just gotten. It's a, it's a must be 10 years old or something. It's called Doc Watson and Dave Grisman. Uh, Doc and Dog. Doc is, uh, of course, Doc Watson's nickname. His real name is Artel, believe it or not. And David Gritzman's nickname is Dog, D-A-W-G. So if you get ACD-25, you'll be getting a copy of the Doc, Doc and Dog CD, and you'll hear them do groovy things like this beautiful, beautiful version of the old classic, My Dear Old Southern Home. This is Just Guitar and Mandolin. And my dear old Southern Home happy as I could be Where the mockingbirds sing at night while they rest in that little old log cabin by the sea Thank you. 
Hey, baby, little little yodeling there from the good doctor in in homage homage to oh that was Grisman hitting a harmonic uh, as a uh, shut up guys I'm talking in uh, a bit of a tribute to the singing brakeman Jimmy Rogers now why did Jimmy Rogers on his uh, blue yodel records yodel well there are a lot of Czech and Swiss and uh, Southern Germans emigrated to, to places like Texas. In fact, central Texas, towns like Fredericksburg, Czech and German were spoken as uh, on the street as the language of everyday conversation till the TV era. I mean, past World War II, those were what was the languages that were spoken. English was the second language. I know that's hard to believe, but that's, the, you know, you got a mongrel nation in America. We are not so much a melting pot as a big stew where the carrots and the potatoes and the beets are fighting for space. So anyway, off the subject, a little sociological history for you there. That was my dear old Southern home, as I said, by Doc Watson and David Grisman from the Doc and Dog album. And I just think two guys, two voice, well, Grisman doesn't really sing, but two guys, one voice, just fantastic that they can get all that power out of it. Moving along, because we don't want to have these podcasts too long, we want to keep your attention and not uh, uh, irritate anybody out there. This is a, a song called It's a Shame by the Spinners. Now, in Britain, the Spinners are a folk act, so the R&B Spinners that we're about to play here on the fabulous uh, Sid Griffin podcast from the uh, Central American States, uh, unnamed states embassy, is a uh, it's a Motown classic we're going to play by the Spinners, but in the states they're just called the Spinners. Now over here, I keep reminding myself they're called the Detroit Spinners or the the Detroit Spinners. If you're not American, but no, but if you said if you heard the Detroit Spinners in America, nobody would know what you're talking about. On the other hand, the Beat over here was a wonderful group, and in America they're called uh, the English Beat because there was a copyright against Paul Collins' band, The Beat. And you can't have two bands named The Beat. But how come we have a Charlatans from San Francisco and we have a Charlatans from over here? Are they the Charlatans UK in the States? Perhaps they are. Please write in P.O. Box 2539, London, England, NW36DF. That's NatWest36, Dan Frank, United Kingdom. And give me the answer to that one. The Spinners, as I call them, later went on to the Atlantic label and had terrific hits like uh, Could It Be I'm Falling in Love, uh, Rubber Band Man, and the immortal Philippe Soul Wind doing the wonderful vocal on uh, Mighty Love. But besides all that, they started out, they were at Motown, they did It's a Shame, this is It's a Shame right here. There's breakup at the beginning of this because the CD I bought has breakup encoded in it. I don't know why. And it's a shame because as a friend of mine said, have you ever heard cleaner guitars in your life than right here, right now? Shut up, Sid. Dig this guy's picking. Child at play 
on a sunny day Fresh you play with her And then you throw it away There's a reason Urban and Urbane have the same Greco-Roman linguistic origin. Fabulous. The spinners, as we know them in America, the Detroit spinners, as you would call them in the United Kingdom and I think throughout Europe, it's a shame. A fantastic, fantastic record. I'm starting to sound like Jules Holland. Good Lord. But a really great. And the, the way it swings, the way the two guitars are interlocked with each other, one of the things I've noticed is uh, a lot of pop music has two guitars that are interlocked, that are interwoven, that are uh, melded into each other. At their best, uh, Richards and Brian Jones, or Keith Richards and uh, Ronnie Wood today, didn't just play a parallel sound that never meshed. They interwove what they were doing and uh, complemented each other. Actually, I think Lennon and George Harrison did that fairly well in the Beatles, but we never don't really consider the Beatles for their guitar firepower. We always look to another band for that kind of thing. But it's interesting. You have so many rock groups with two guitars, and they don't do, in my opinion, enough with it. One guy plays a chunk, a chunk, a chunk of rhythm, and one guy plays the fills and the leads. Well, I mean, talk about old hat. I much prefer it when on a lot of these R&B records. That's a Motown classic. I think it's Uriel Jones on drums, as my understanding is. And I do think it's James Jamerson on bass. Uh, Earl Van Dyke on keyboards, I imagine, but I'm guessing that. I know Uriel was, I'm pretty sure Uriel was the drummer. I think Earl Van Dyke was on keys. And I don't know who the guitar players were, because Barry Gordy had quite an army, a multiplicity of pickers to choose from. But listen to the way they both have clean tones. And so much of the music uh, my 13-year-old daughter listens to, or I just hear that's young people's pop rock, has wildly distorted guitars with a lot of block bark uh, chord changes. 
but the guitars are always distorted. I guess it's a template from Green Day. I mean, almost all of those songs sound to me like Green Day playing Feel a Whole Lot Better by the Birds, those kind of changes. And just the distorted guitars, just it's, it's got to be the rock cliche in the way that the wailing tenor sax taking his solo it was one of the 50s, 1950s R&B and rock and roll cliches. So I think it's great that to hear something like It's a Shame and you hear those clean guitars, crisp, clean, not hardly any reverb on them, no distortion whatsoever, and played by two pretty darn chipper pickers that are doing an interlocking, interwoven pattern. It just gets you into the song. And as we all know, the first 10 seconds of any pop song are the most important part of that song. Any DJ will tell you that. Oh my gosh. Right when I said that, here she is, my dear friend, Amy Rigby, singing in a classic song called Are We Ever Going to Have Sex Again? Yep, that's the title. Sorry, Amy, I'll be quiet now. At night we pass out before ten. Are we ever gonna have sex again? I looked for your it today. Seem that it had gone away. Ain't been used since who knows when. Are we ever gonna have sex again? We used to be triple X rated. Look at us now. So domesticated. Don't you hate it? What happened to baby? Amy's the greatest. She's now the significant other of none, none other than Reckless Eric. Now, I saw Reckless Eric in 1979, and if you'd have told me that one day 
he'd be, as it were, Mr. Amy Rigby. He'll he'll laugh at that. I hope when he hears me say that. Uh, they're do they're a couple now. A gruesome twosome, as my father would say disdainfully. My late father. That's perhaps that's why he's late. What a horrible thing to say about a couple. Anyway, they make a most marvelous couple. I've seen them live three times, if not four. I would go tomorrow night if I was free in London. They're, they're that great. Amy Rigby and Reckless Eric. That's Amy when she was sort of, I guess, flying solo from the al- from the Spit and Polish. That's the name of the album, lab- the, the label. That's not the name of the record. Uh, it's Francis McDonald up there in Glasgow, isn't it? Spit and Polish Records put it out. It's called Till the Wheels Fall Off. It came out about, golly Moses, about seven or eight years ago. That's Are We Ever Going to Have Sex Again? Any married couple, any couple that's been together trying to raise a family, you know, it's just, you, you know, that's kind of how things go. You have to make time for everything in life when you get older. And one of them is passionate heterosexual or non-heterosexual, S-E-X. Um, are We Ever Going to Have Sex Again? Amy Rigby, she now makes duet records with Reckless Eric, but she also continues her solo career. I have all her solo records save one. They're terrific. Absolutely terrific. Thumbs up. I wanted to get Amy Rigby on the show. Uh, I also wanted to get this next person on the show. I've missed having them both on because I've sort of fumbled the ball. I hope we'll start having guests on the show. This next uh, song is also from a member of the Tender Gender. This is Viv Albertine. She was in the Slits. She has a new-ish album out called Vermilion Border that's doing very well. What I find fascinating about this record is, is the Slits came out back in the, I think I first heard the first album was about 1980, favorite of John Peel. And they had an album out called Cut that was a, a sort of a biggie amongst my friends in LA. And when I heard Viv Albertine had this record out called The Vermilion Border and I checked it out, I thought, oh, you know, that's what she's been doing all this time. Apparently, no. She went 25 years without touching an instrument, without being in the music industry at all. I assumed that she, that the Slits had a second album after Cut, I believe it was on CBS Sony. And I assumed when the band broke up that she'd been making records for various labels, perhaps independent labels, and I just didn't know about it. And that this newest record, The Vermilion Border, Plug the Label, Sid, which is on Cadiz Music, that's Robert England, I believe. I figured The Vermilion Border was maybe, you know, her seventh or eighth solo record. Not so, it's her first. Uh, we're going to play a song from it right now. It's called I Want More. It's very clever, up-tempo, avant-garde. It's all the things I'm not associated with, not being a clever, up-tempo, or avant-garde kind of person. But I highly recommend the record, like I recommend everything I've played tonight. So let's do this really quickly. Take it away, Viv Albertine, and I hope either she or maybe Amy Rigby will be on the show for a podcast sometime soon. I don't think Doc Watson's going to be on the show or Magic Sam because they're both did but uh we got to get some live guys here my engineer is of course kevin stokes this is uh he's doing a great job as forever i'm rambling shut up sid this is viv albertine and this is as i say a great song called i want more
Open your eyes. No sugar daddies. No playing housey. No sex with strangers. Not drugged and drowsy. It's black and white. This is the score. No compromise. I want more. I want more. I'm not sure that's the best song in the record. Viv Albertine, the name of the album is The Vermilion Border, highly recommended. We've heard The Cole Porters, The Long Riders, Magic Sam and the Magic Sam Blues Band, Savoy Brown, Doc and Dog, that's Doc Watson and David Grisman, The Spinners, not the folk act, the R&B act from Detroit, Amy Rigby, my dear friend Amy Rigby, that last one was Viv Albertine. I'm Sid Griffin. You know who you are. It's been a fantastic time. I'll play some Souther still for my engineer, Kevin Stokes, as soon as he finishes their new record. I hope we'll be back with in about a month. If it takes us six weeks or two months, it's because my highly trained, highly paid staff have been working so hard that you just, you just can't schedule them. First, the Prime Minister wants them. Then the BBC Two Network wants them. But I'm Sid Griffin. Good night and God bless.